The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power. Here we go. All right. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us, as always, is Portia. It's nearly draft time, Macca. Getting excited yet? <sighs> what is it, eight days? That's all, not, I'm very excited. It's, it's not long, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it's a uh, very... very uh, mm, mm, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see who falls to us. Uh, and if we continue our current theme of drafting prospects that actually look like they should be drafted, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, <clears throat> that's often uh, handy, I think, is to draft uh, players with talent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's usually a you know, prerequisite, I think, to getting drafted. So, Well, that yeah. should be. It should be, that's right. <laughs> Hasn't always been the case. But, no, uh, no. You know, these things happen. There were some dubious years, but we seem to be on a good track at the moment. Yes. No more Michavis. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Oh, let's, you uh, hate him so much. <laughs> I do. I, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. and uh, But, yeah, nah. No thanks. Sorry. Um, let's talk about uh, what we're here for, and that is the second part of our West Australian uh, pre-draft previews, I guess you'd say. And uh, the first player we're going to talk about is someone that is uh, definitely going to be gone by the time we pick. And that's Aaron Norton, who's a 194-centimetre key defender from Peel Thunder. Uh, look, he's the most Dustin Fletcher-like looking person you're ever going to see, except for Dustin yes. Fletcher and possibly his son. Um, but Aaron Norton may be his illegitimate child. You never know. Uh, he certainly plays like it. Um, he was an All-Australian this year at the Champs. Uh, had really impressive form for WA. Uh, he played seven games at Colts level for Peel. Uh, but the thing that was most impressive was probably the way that he so easily transitioned into senior footy for Peel Thunder this year. Mm. Uh, he played seven matches at senior level, averaged 14 touches and seven marks a game. Uh, he picked up 11 marks in each of his second and third matches at that level. So uh, he's certainly shown a lot this year. Yeah, no, um, he's so exactly a key defender that it's almost boring, but it's not because it's actually quite good. Uh I wouldn't say he had any exceptional traits except for just being really defensively aware and um, just being really steady. He doesn't lose his cool that much, which is really great to see. So uh, yeah, that's obviously why he's all Australian. And um, yeah, no, he's I I, I like Petty more. <laughs> I I do. I really like Petty, mm. but you have to say that Norton is the consensus top backman. I think or tall backman in this draft. I think so. Just look, he's really quick. He's got great closing speed. Mm. He's got long arms. He can get the spoil in. Um, he probably doesn't do a lot of the sort of intercept work, I guess you'd say. He's more of a shutdown defender who can sort of run off mm. with the ball. Yeah. Um, bit of a Matty really Bishop. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I would agree that he is the number one key defender in this draft, but I don't think it's by a, a huge margin. Um, you know, I, I do really rate Petty, I rate Taylor as well. Um, and I don't think they're that far behind Norton, to be honest. No, I just think that um, he fits an archetype better than, um, not not better than Petty, but probably better than uh, Taylor does. Yeah. Which is not to say anything against Taylor, but just that, you know, if you went into this draft saying we need a key defender, um, well, I mean, Norton ticks every box you would you would name for for someone that will fill that slot for ten years. Um, yeah. So yeah, you you just that's why just because I think he's. You talked about we've talked about um, in previous weeks, you know, about players that have a high upside and or a, or a really substantial downside. Like I think his downside is really there's not much there. You know, um, he's going to be an AFL player, and it's just a matter of how long and how well. But yeah, yeah he's fine. Well, I think he'll have a pretty long career. He's he looks uh, ready to play straight away round one next year. I think um, he'll certainly play some sort of role at whatever club picks him up. Yep, and uh, he looks pretty well ready to go. Like I like his. I like the way he defends. Uh, I like the way that he is quite aggressive in the way that he attacks. Mm. But uh, if there's one downfall of Aaron Norton, that's uh, that's his kicking, which I think can be, which can range from good to disaster. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not not so much his his kicking per se, because I think he's got a really nice action, uh, and his foot skills are quite clean. 
It's the decisions that he chooses to make when he's under pressure, which I think really lets him down. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, running himself into trouble and then just booting it as high as he can sort of thing. You know, he, he seems to do a lot of kicks which go about 40 metres high and about 20 metres long. Um, <laughs> just for the sheer fact that he sort of uh, bolts off with the with the ball, has a bounce, you know, he sees, sort of sees three, defenders, uh, three opponents in front of him and sort of frets a little bit and just chooses to... <laughs> banging on the boot, basically. And I think that's the one thing that lets his game down. I kind of reckon that's probably something that can be accommodated by being settled in a team. Uh, um, yeah. I think it's de- yeah. it's, it's not a drastic uh, critical issue. I think it's just a, an issue that'll be yeah drilled out of his game over the next 12 months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. But, as I said, like uh, the good thing is that he does take the game on and uh, he's pretty good at it most of the time. No, look, you can definitely read the play coming in. That's that's where, you know, I suppose it really counts to a certain extent, particularly for the tools, is if they can, you know, uh, get in there and just read how it's coming and uh, turn it around, even if the kick, yeah, okay, and sometimes it's a bit off. Um, but turning around is the big thing, and beating your opponent is the big thing, and he does both of those in my view. So. Yeah. So where do you see him going on draft night? Uh, I don't know, Crows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's, uh, that's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. Definitely possible. I reckon they'd probably... I don't know that he'd go earlier than that. Uh, I think they'd pick 12 or something, aren't they? Um, but, yeah, I reckon they'd be right up there if uh, if he was there at their pick. Yeah, no doubt. Look, I think uh, look, there's a lot of talk about Frio at pick five and whether they mm. should pick him because they, they still need tolls. Uh, they were able to collect uh, pick two from Gold Coast... Um, you know, is it worth them sort of picking the best midfielder they can get at pick two and then going the toll at pick five? Look, I think that um, without having actually looked at how many extra picks for I've got, I mean, what's the next pick after the first couple? It's, no, I think um, it's like 39 or something. Oh, 32. yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can see where that would be a case. If they had a pick still in the second round, I'd say they would probably go for a, a key back winner with that, but obviously uh, they yeah. don't. They've got two five forty two, so forty two. Shit. Okay. Then yeah, if they're going to do it, they've got to do it early. But with those, with picks that high, like that, just seems too early for a key backman. Really. It does, but we've seen Jacob Wiedering go number one I know, a couple of years but... ago. We've seen uh, Lockie Plowman go up there. Uh, yeah. Kyler Marchbank as well. So look, it has happened in recent years where key defenders have gone pretty early in the draft. And uh, I think he's got the talent. I think he's a player that could easily play 250 AFL games. Uh, it's just a matter of whether Frio consider that there's going to be someone else that's better available. And uh, look, a pick five, that could quite conceivably be the case. It could be that someone like Nick Caulfield or Andrew Brayshaw or you know maybe even Jaden Stevenson or quite possibly Cam Rayner at a stretch might actually fall to their pick. And uh, if they do, then you'd probably say they might be better than Aaron Norton. Um, will they be better for Frio, though? Oh, look, I mean, I, I think I'd, if I was Frio, I think, okay, first of all, I'll just say this is sort of like an NFL thing where in the NFL, you know, you have teams having early picks and then someone uses pick three on like an offensive lineman, which is the most boring thing you could possibly do, but you have to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel kind of like drafting a key back when early... When there's not, like, there's not, you know, I like Norton, but there's not a lot of pizzazz to his game or anything, you know. He's, 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 it'll be good, but for top five picks, it's not a sexy pick. It's not a sexy pick. It's not like he's going to be a Norma Smith medalist, Brownlow winning midfielder, is it? Um, but what if he becomes the best key defender from this draft and a lock 250 games potential All Australian? Yeah, look, I mean, he might. Um, but then again, you might get that player at pick 42. Like, th- we, this is a draft that does have a reasonable number of key defenders in it compared to most years. So there is probably still going to be, not obviously not one of the most favoured, certainly, but there might still be someone quite decent that uh, Freo might decide, yeah, let's go with that. Um, and then just pick the two, you know, game changers, the early picks they've got. Yeah. Um, I would think that would probably... Because, well, I mean, it, it would just be so hard. It would just be so hard to, to pick Norton that early. It really yeah. would. Yeah, look, I'm expecting Frio to go two mids because they need midfield support as well. Their, their midfield's getting on a little bit. Um, look, Collingwood at six, 
might be a chance. The dogs at nine, I reckon, might be a chance. Mm. And uh, look, if they overlook him, then I think the Crows at twelve would uh, would certainly look at picking him up because he's going to be the perfect long term Jake Lever replacement because he plays pretty similar, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I'm a lot more comfortable with saying you'll go around that Crows pick um, than as early as Fremantle's pick. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, and in getting two getting two midfielders in theory means that you know you're putting less pressure on your defence anyway, so you can maybe get away with a slightly shooter backman. Who knows? Yeah. So where do you rate him in this draft? Like, is he uh, pretty high up your rankings, or uh, look? I mean, I've done second tier a little bit, or I, I kind of feel okay. Well, considering my second tier probably starts around pick seven. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, because I, I think that you've got to micro-tier it a little bit when you're in the first round. Like, you've got your top three potential and you've got, like, that second tier, which is, like, four to seven-ish, four to yeah. eight-ish sometimes. And then you've got that third tier. It's probably third tier, I guess, like the top of that third tier where you go, okay, we've passed all the guys that look like they could be, you know, fantastic, game-changing, all-Australian types. So we're into the guys that are going to play a lot of games, and I think he's right in that category and he's right at the top of that category. Yeah. So I, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd pick him before eight. If I was a team. Yeah. I've got four locks who I think will play exceptional AFL football. And then I've got from five onwards, I've got players with one little doubt in my mind. And he fits in that one. I've got him ranked at number 10. He's the second key position player in my rankings behind Brander, who's at number nine. Okay. Uh, so he's not, not far behind. Um, yeah, look, I reckon he's a... He's a lock to play a lot of AFL footy and, and at a pretty good standard as well. You know, he's a really good size, one ninety four, he's super quick, as I said, long arms, can get the spoil in. For the most part he's pretty smart. Um, if he can sort of knuckle down on a couple of those inconsistencies of his game, uh, then yeah, he could uh, certainly be um, the best key position player of this draft, for sure. Yeah, I I just really think that twelve for the Crows is the sweet spot for how early he should go and the club's individual need. Yeah, for me. Fair enough. Um, mm. Next one is uh, Jake Patmore, who's a hundred and eighty-one yeah. centimetre small from Claremont. Uh, usually plays down back. He's a bit of a quarterback, a bit of a running sort of a back flanker, outside midfielder. Uh, I know you had a bit of a chuckle at me for always relating him to uh, players from twenty years ago. So <laughs> because of that, I've decided to um, compare him to Matthew Whelan, the former Melbourne player. Okay, sure. Um, and there's a little bit of a you know 2007 onward style Peter Burgoyne about his play as well. Yeah. Um, he was pretty impressive at the championships this year. He averaged uh, 22 touches and four and a half tackles a game across his four matches. Uh, he had a huge season at Colts level for Claremont. He averaged 29 disposals and four tackles a game, and twice went over 40 touches with a high 48 in uh, round 22. So he certainly knows how to find the footy. Yeah, and he's in the he's in Porsche's crew of guys that I would normally say are too short for us to be drafting this year. He's certainly a player I quite like. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I don't know that we particularly need him at Port, but if Port picked him, I'd be like, cool, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's a scrambling small defender in my view. Like He's good in that. When it's a bit hectic in the back line, I think that's when he's good, and I think that's when you need them to be good. So for me, like that's a great quality indicator for a, a small backman is whether they're good when the pressure's really on. Um, and I reckon he is. He's got... Pretty quick hands. Uh, he's got a fantastic tackle. It looks super impressive. I don't know how effective it is over the course of all it because I haven't seen that much of him. Um, yeah, I don't mind him at all. Yeah. I've seen a bit of him, and I think this is going to be a bit of an odd reference, but he reminds me so much of Lindsay Thomas when he was playing reserves footy as a 17-year-old. Okay. Uh, Port Adelaide Magpies back in uh, about 2006, I reckon it was. And uh, just in the way that he... Rarely had an opponent and just sort of did whatever he wanted and picked up obscene amounts of the football because of it. And Jake Patton yeah. was pretty much the same. In yeah. that, um, no matter he's played, though. yeah, no matter what happens, he always seems to be on his own and uh, he always tries to take the game on. And I really, really like that about his his game. Uh, I don't think he'll be a back flanker at AFL level uh, really? unless it's an attacking one. I, I don't see him being a defender because I've got huge doubts about the defensive side of his game. I think yeah. he's going to be that sort of running wingman slash midfielder that can pick up high numbers of the footy. Um, and whether that's whether he starts across half-back and plays that sort of role and, and just sort of pushes forward from there, uh, from the bounce, then, then that's a possibility. But 
Well, I, I don't see him doing any sort of shutdown jobs. I reckon uh, that would be wasting his potential. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess you're right then that I guess the current AFL trend is away from players like that. Um, but, you know, he might add bits to his game. Like, Peter Bergon is a lot more than he was, a lot more, had a lot more to him than the way we ended up playing him. We did play him in defence all that time and it was super frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, I can see, like, halfback wing. If you say that, then I'm pretty happy with that. I reckon he'd get a good go, uh, be pretty good there. Yeah. Um, he would be. He would be mostly um, loose. Uh, it's okay to have a player doing that in a defence that's pretty disciplined. Um, yeah. Most teams probably already have one, so I have to really lift the quality of his disposal, which is quite good. But he'll need to be really, really good to justify that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, look, I, I, I think there's AFL potential there. Um, and I think that because he's being talked about as like a third round pick in a lot of places I'm seeing, then I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, like third round, you'd go for him for sure. You know, why wouldn't you? That'd be weird if you didn't. Yeah, I think uh, he'd be up there with our picks. Um, yeah. I've, I've got him ranked at 47, so he's right around our first pick. Yeah. Um, if we're going just on pure rankings. Um, the things I like is that he's very much a give and go sort of player and, and he's just always seems to be there. Like, he's just omnipresent. Um, and I just, I, I really do like that about his game. I think his disposal can be sloppy at times, but on other occasions it can look pretty elite as well. Uh, so he just needs to really sort of uh, hone in on his skills a little bit. Uh, he's a strong tackler and he's got good closing speed, so that's why he could maybe do a defensive job at AFL level, but I just think that would be wasting uh, what he's really, really good at, and that's um, just attack, attack, attack. Well, I mean... In the current system, the ideal thing is to be able to do both. Like every player, every player in a team, if you're going to have proper pressure, has to be able to do both. They've got to be able to defend and then counterattack swiftly. Um, so if you're looking at him as a player that, yeah, okay, he's probably going to spend two years training to do that at AFL level before he really does anything at AFL at a, in the top level, actually playing games as opposed to you know waffle or SNFL or whatever. Um, then I think that there's enough there to work with for sure. Yeah. Um. Look, I think he'll be available, well, potentially available at our picks. He might go just a little bit beforehand, but uh, if he's there, I think um, we would certainly be interested. Maybe we see yep. Jake Patmore as a little bit of an impy replacement uh, if we do go down that path, um, because he's quite quick and, and can take the game on. Uh, I think teams like West Coast, Melbourne, Collingwood and Gold Coast will also be interested, especially Gold Coast as a bit of a side replacement off a uh, halfback. Yeah. I can see I that, that sort of happening as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's quite a bit to like about Jake Patmore. There's there's a few issues with his game which uh, which need uh, knuckling down on. But uh, outside of that, um, yeah, I can certainly see him having a fair AFL career. I can see him playing a lot of football in his first couple of years, but frustrating the living shit out of the supporters mm. um, before really sort of uh, kicking on from sort of year three onwards. Well, I mean, I guess if he ended up being the sort of player that Fremantle drafted with their 40-whatever-it-is pick, um, yeah, he probably would play a lot of games at AFL level. But I think it's, for me, he's more likely to be seen as a bargain pick for a team that's already pretty settled. So they'll develop him, in my view. Yep, fair enough. Uh, third player we're going to talk about is uh, Tim Kelly, who's a mature-age <laughs> player from South Frio. He's a 183-centimetre, 83-kilo midfielder. Um, I've got his comparison as Harley Bennell. Um, he averaged over 26 touches a game for South Frio in the Waffle this year. Uh, he picked up over 30 touches on five occasions and uh, also kicked 26 goals in 23 games as well. So he does hit the scoreboard quite a bit. Uh, his best match came in uh, round 11 where he had a massive uh, 35 disposals, 9 marks and 7 goals. Thank you very much. And um, the defensive side of his game is pretty decent as well. He does average uh, over 3.5 tackles a game too. Uh, but it's all about uh, the midfield for Tim and uh, the way he can sort of uh, zoom off with the ball. Have you seen much of him? No, I haven't seen much of him. What I've seen looks good. Um, but I don't know. Like This is this is me but going back to my sus- uh, suspicion about, you know, state league football. Like, if the, I don't know how, how much credibility can you take out of it, particularly if you're a player that has talents that sort of exceed what you normally see at state league level. Um, but I haven't seen anything that makes me say, no, don't draft him. And it's just a question of how high someone's willing to, I think. Yeah. Um, look, he looks really football smart. He's able to uh, find himself loose on uh, quite a few occasions, which I really, mm. really like. He just always seems to be free. 
And uh, when he grabs the ball, he just takes off. And uh, he's pretty hard to catch as well. He's got really nice skills. I like that about his game. Um, I like the fact that uh, he's a goal kicker. I think that's really, really good. Um, he'll certainly be someone that uh, gets drafted, you would think. He's definitely the best mature age draftee in this year's draft. And uh, look, the big talk is that uh, West Coast is super, super keen. And uh, at this point, it looks like he'll be gone by our first pick. Yeah, no, well, look, I mean, that if he was, that would be understandable. And if he was taken at, at, at our first pick, you'd have to say that given where we are as a club right now, you know, take a mature player that looks like they have a, a at least a, a talent capability to take it up to the next level. Um, it's not a bad pick for Port if we did pick him. Yeah, look, if he's there with our first pick, I'm I'm certainly not going to be disappointed if we call his name out. I think uh, mm. someone that has that sort of explosiveness, that sort of X factor, can pick up a lot of the ball, can kick goals. Um, you know, it's kind of the player that we really wanted Jarman Impey to, to become, I reckon. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, Tim Kelly's doing it at the lower level. Is there doubt that he can do it at AFL level? Of course there is. Um, you know, the football world's full of uh, guys that dominate at lower leagues but uh, haven't yep. been able to step up. And uh, look, maybe he might just be just another number in, in that stat. But I think there's a bit more to his game that uh, that I like, that I reckon he um, he could buck that sort of trend and, uh, and really make a bit of a name for himself. Yeah, and look, the value add for Port Adelaide is that there might be doubt over him, but it's doubt we can find out about in 2018 as opposed to 2020, um, which is not a choice we can make with every player. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Look, if you're picking him, you're pretty much picking him to play straight away. He's 23 you years are. old, so hmm. it's not like um, he's going to need a couple of years to develop. You know, if you're picking him to impact straight away and to fit into yep. your, to your side or at least your top sort of uh, 25, I guess. Um and, uh, and, yeah, to try and impact uh, as soon as he gets into the side. So I can certainly see why we would go for someone like him uh, mm. if he's there. I reckon he would sort of uh, suit our recruiting strategy this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's just whether he's actually going to be there or not. And I reckon at this point in time, it's a not. Yep, I agree. Good. That's good. Sorted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, next player is uh, Jordan Bulleno from uh, Peel Thunder as well. He's 186 centimetres. He's a back flanker. Um, what are your thoughts on Jordan? I don't like Jordan Bulleno. I'm sorry, I really don't. He, I made a comment, um, I think, post-podcast on Monday, which he always seems to take the least good option when he's um, got the ball, which is that, you know, because he, I should say, first of all, he's a tall backman. Um, he, oh, not all. He's a third backman, I guess is what I would call him. Yep. Um, he is super defensive. So if there's like four options available, he'll pick the one that looks the easiest. Like usually going backwards or going to the, for someone who's you know completely alone, but also not necessarily anywhere we're that good. Yep. Um, he he moves like Matthew Bishop. Um, <laughs> I think I think the decision making he makes shows that he doesn't think he's fast enough to do some of the stuff that he know, thinks he needs to do. And that's why he goes for the safe option because he's not super quick with how he disposes the ball. Um, but you know, sometimes he looks really good. Sometimes he'll take he'll he'll have the read of the play and he'll take that nice mark and look really good. Um, but then he'll kick you know forty meters slightly backwards. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, that's yeah. I in, like this is he's. Okay, let me put it this way, and it's going to be harsh. He's in Stephen Daniels' territory, if anyone remembers Stephen Daniels 20 years ago. <laughs> oh. 20 years ago. I yeah, feel yeah. like that's harsh. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Yeah, it may not be. I feel like it is, though. I, I really did not like Stephen Daniels at all. Oh, it's because he played too defensively and didn't do enough apart from try to stop his man. Yeah. He yeah, kicked a nice right. goal in a showdown from about 75 metres out in uh, showdown number two. And yeah. That's about it. And uh, I guess he's also known for uh, playing a bit on Scott Hodges in that magical 96 prelim. Yeah, exactly. And that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, Jordan, I... Jordan I, I don't know. Look, I think he's um, he's a decent sort of intercept small defender. Uh, he Not plays a bit loose. Yeah, he's, again, he's kind of quite vanilla. I think he's probably... A slightly lesser version of Jackson Cale. 
the first yeah. time I saw him play, I was reasonably impressed. I thought, oh yeah, this kid's got something. And then the second and third time I saw him play, I was like, meh, maybe not. He's just sort of uh, a bit vanilla, making up the numbers sort of thing. Uh, I think he's got minimal to zero hurt factor. Um, and, and he pretty much looks, as, as you mentioned, he pretty well looks laterally with the ball every single time he gets it. Um, and that's pretty much the reason why John T. Scharenberg didn't get drafted last year. And it's going to be probably the reason why Jordan Bullineau doesn't get drafted this year, I reckon. Yeah, I don't. Look, I mean, it's possible a club will draft him, but I wouldn't. And if Port do, I'll be a bit shitty about it. Yeah, oh, look, we definitely don't need someone like him, I don't think. No. Um, a, t- a team might, if look, I've got him down as late rookie, um, that's that's probably where he's going to go if he does go. Um Again, like if he just needs to find some sort of hurt factor with his disposals, um, if he's gonna if he's gonna get a gig, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Agree. Agree. Uh, again, that's that's scary. Uh, I know. That's good. Uh, next player we spoke about last year at length. Yeah. And, uh, Matt, Matt Guelfi, he's back. 184 centimeter. He's a midfielder from Claremont. Uh, plays inside, can play a little bit outside as well. Um, my main issue with uh, Matt Larshi was that when he got a chance to play at a higher level, he probably didn't do enough, and that might have been why he didn't get drafted. Um, this year he played all 19 games for Claremont at uh, senior waffle level, which was great. He averaged 15 disposals and four tackles a game. Well, I was a fan of him last year. I would have been happy if we picked him up uh, late last year. Um, wasn't to be. And I guess he's probably a bit on my radar again this year. Um, look, I mean, I wasn't super excited about him last year, and to be honest, I don't think I don't think there's anything he'd do at waffle level apart from show some exceptional thing that we could didn't see previously that would make me go, ah, yes, let's draft him now. Like I, I just feel like he's a plugger. Yeah. Um. And I like if we're a bottom team, yeah, maybe, but we're not. Um, I I don't know. I I haven't. Heard, I don't think know that there's anything about his game that is advanced enough that he wouldn't have done it on a rookie list. You know, like, uh, yeah. and I know that's a rough way to measure it, but I just sort of he was not super exceptional. He was I didn't. He didn't have any trade that I thought. Oh, that's really good. You know, last year, and you know, that's it really. <laughs> um, for a guy that's sort of on a half chance, you've got to have something, and he's got to either be you know getting like obscene possession or. Um, you know, maybe winning the Sandover or something like that, you know. Um, yeah, that, I don't know. I don't know. I, mm. I, I, would, I want to know what's changed that we would suddenly consider him this year when we didn't consider him with a rookie pick last year. Yeah, look, if we're going to get him, it would be as a rookie pick. I reckon mm. um, someone may have a sneaky look at him uh, late in the draft, but if he is going to go, it's probably going to be as a rookie. Um, yeah. well, I just love his inside work. I reckon he's just so clean inside. He just gets first disposal you know, quite often at the stoppage. He just knows where to be, knows how to get hands on the ball, um, and he knows how to keep his hands free, and he delivers high-quality disposal once he gets it. Um, he's really worked on his foot skills this year to be able to deliver the ball properly on the outside when he does get it. Uh, my main query about his game is that he just doesn't get it enough. Um, we speak about Tim Kelly, who averaged, you know, what was it, 25 touches a game or something and kicked a goal a game. Well, yeah, you know, Matt's only averaging 15 touches a game. Is it enough to get you drafted? Probably not. Maybe. Um, what he does with it is uh, is really, really good. Uh, but he's just got to work on um, trying to find the ball a lot more than what he currently does. Yeah, I mean, that elevation thing is a real query, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I just feel like he's too vanilla and um, he had a shot because he was playing as a 19-year-old even last year. So, you know. Yeah. So he's missed out twice. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Might be third time lucky for him, uh, maybe not. But uh, I, yeah, I just feel there's something to work with there. I, maybe he's just too much of an Adam Thompson type. I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah, another, another, not quite twenty years. No, only two thousand and four. That one, yeah, good work. Thirteen. That's uh, we're, we're going back. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just something that I really like about his game, and I feel like oh, there's something I'm really going to like about his game forever, um, whether he gets a chance That's or right. not. Probably don't think so, but uh, maybe. We all have faves. It's fine. It Apparently, Camo Shea is going to get drafted by Carlton. Did you know? Oh, shattering. <laughs> shattering. Maybe so we should have done gonna... a special on him. Like, uh, 
I don't know. I still miss him, the old fridge. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to hurt seeing so, Camo sexy in a Carlton jersey, that's for sure. I know. I mean, the worst thing is it's Carlton because there's no way I'm going to get a Carlton membership to watch Camo Shea. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. But uh, No, no. Yeah. I still miss him. He was a gun. Yeah. Just a... Such a shame he didn't develop, but uh, there you go. And, he didn't uh, get his chances. Pedigree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, last player we're going to talk about in this uh, pre-draft uh, group is uh, Kyron Hayden, who's a 185-centimetre, uh, 88-kilo midfield beast from Subiaco. Had a pretty good year in the waffle. He averaged uh, 22 touches a game in uh, 14 Colts game. And held his own in five reserves games late in the season, uh, where he played in all four finals for Subiaco at that level. Uh, have you seen much of him play? Very little, and I didn't take notes on him, so I sort of had to watch some little highlighty things. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. He at championship level, he kind of faded a bit. What less than fifteen disposals mm. in per game in four games. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to reconcile because I just did some reading on him. Reconcile, you know, midfield beast with, you know, fourteen point three disposals. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to reconcile those two, and I, I don't know how they reconcile in the case of Hayden. Well, he's a powerful unit. That's what I really really like about him. He's he's well built. He's ready to go. I guess there's a bit of Sammy Power Pepper about him. Uh, in the way that he plays. And look, he was someone last year that uh, was criticised for not getting a lot of the ball. Um, so there is yeah. that as well. And we saw what he was capable of doing this year. Uh, and I feel like Kyron Hayden might be um, a bit of a poor man's version of that. Uh, I don't yeah, think he's going to come in and uh, have the sort of year that Sammy P had. Um, I don't think so. But uh, look, I think there's definitely something to work with there for the future. Um, I love his inside work. Uh, I like what he does with the ball. Uh, he's super hard to stop once he's uh, over the ball, and uh, he just loves to don't argue, loves to bully his way through a pack. Yeah, but I mean, it's the elevation concern again. Like, you know, you've got 22 average touches in uh, Waffle Colts, then a reserves down 14, championships 14. What that AFL, what does that become? You know, 10? <laughs> I don't know. He would need to do a lot of work, you'd think. Um, well, it wasn't that way with, uh, with Power Pepper. Well, his, I mean, Pal Pepper had huge hurt factor as well, you know. Yeah. I, do, you, do you reckon Hayden does? I wouldn't say huge hurt factor. I think he's got decent hurt factor. Um, I think he's got decent pace. He's got good athleticism. and um, well, I think he's someone that could pretty well play uh, pretty early next year uh, if he does get drafted. Yeah. I mean, I guess, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's not physically ready, absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah, well, where are you thinking he's going to go to go in the draft then? Uh, look, I've got him as 30 to 60. He could be a bit of a bolter, surprise bolter, and maybe sneak inside yeah. the second round a little bit. But uh, I think that, that sort of 30 to 60 mark, I think someone's going to be keen on his uh, his physicality. I think his skills, I think uh, his inside work, and they're going to see him as someone that can sort of slot in and play pretty early on and still with uh, quite a bit of development to come as well. Yeah, I reckon probably closer to pick 50 than 30 for sure. Mm. Fair enough. And uh, that completes uh, this year's session. There's a couple of other players that I want to talk about. Do you have anybody else from WA that you're interested in? Bring it on. uh, I haven't done any prep on it, but Matt Young I thought looked all right in the champs, but but who knows. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, I thought he was okay. Uh, He was someone that I sort of had sort of written down as someone to talk about and then I sort of took mm. him away, put him back again, then decided to take him away again. He, he uh, was inconsistent even within the game, so it's hard to really say. But yeah, yeah. I thought he had a little something. He had his moments. Um, mm. and I think there's talent there. He's a 187 centimetre mid from East Perth. I, f- I think there's talent there. I just feel like he might miss out this year and might yeah. be someone to look at next year uh, as an overager, potentially. I reckon that um, with draft, I reckon these with you know, assuming everyone hasn't kept the rookie list because I haven't looked into it. I mean, he'd have to be in the contention for a rookie pick, I'd reckon. Yeah, quite potentially as well. Yeah, I think um, yeah, if he's going to go, it's going to be that sort of rookie area. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the two that I had written down to talk about. First one is Hayden Schleuth, 
Schleuthy. Schleuth. Go the Schleuth. Uh, terrible name, uh, but a uh, pretty uh, decent uh, footballer. Can we draft Schleuth, Schleuth and Schmoosh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just imagine. Just uh, imagine. I, love, I want to hear every commentator try to talk about uh, Schleuth and Schmoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if they do a one-two, that'd be fantastic. Oh, only if, if, if we then draft Hugh Dixon and Aidan Bonner to go with Riley Bonner and uh, and Big Charles as well, uh, that'd be great. Um, yeah, Schleuth and Schmoosh. Uh, Schmoosh. It's, uh, I can't even say it now. It's too hard to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, look, he's he um, so he's been in the AFL system before. He spent a couple of years on Frio's rookie list um, mm. and has really shot. Uh, to start him this year in the Waffle. Uh, he won okay. the Sandover medal with a record amount of votes uh, in the 4-3-2-1 system, uh, voting system. Uh, and, yeah, he's just a high-possession midfielder, can kick goals, uh, very, very hard worker, uh, really good work ethic, uh, good endurance, pretty good speed, and um, maybe questionable disposal on occasion, but uh, outside of that, Again, he's another player similar to Tim Kelly, I guess, that looks kind of ready to slot in for someone if they're if someone's keen to nab him. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah, why not? And you'd have to say that, you know, being ex Freya Freya would be in the gun, given where their list is at right now. Mm. Um, yeah, why not? And maybe they'll go for Thomas Schmush at pick uh, 40, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. That would be That'd very be good. That would be so good. That would be good. <laughs> Well, he had a massive year. He had he picked up a six hundred and twenty-four disposals, one hundred and forty-two marks, and thirty goals, ninety-four tackles. So uh, he was pretty dominant all year. Mm. To be honest, had some uh, had some massive games. Picked up thirty-eight touches, six marks, and four goals in one week. Uh, Thirty-nine and four. He had a thirty-two, fourteen and four. Wow. Uh, Twenty-seven, eight and five. So he's you know capable of kicking a lot of goals on occasion. Um, you know, he's uh, 184 centimetres. He's, uh, I'm expecting him to probably get drafted, to be honest. I think uh, outside of Tim Kelly, he's probably the second best mature age midfielder in the draft or mature age player in the draft. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he goes. Yeah, now, um, one thing I sort of had a wonder about is like, is there a Josh Marnie in this draft for us? You know, to, to just be that extra little bonus player that puts us over the top as far as premiership contention. Oh, and look, is he I th- it? I think his name's Matt Guelphie, to be honest. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, maybe Liam Ryan might be that. Maybe Bailey Banfield could potentially okay. be that. Maybe Don Barry might be that as well from Glenelg. So, okay. um, yeah, look, I think there's uh, there's some mature age players out there who, um, who are ready to go and uh, probably itching for a chance to prove themselves. I betcha. And another one is uh, Scott Jones. I know REH is uh, pretty keen on this guy. He's 205 centimetres, 109 kilos. He's a big-ass ruckman. Uh, played for West Coast Reserves team this year. Did a pretty good job. Uh, I've got questions over his endurance. But uh, outside of that, he's a pretty big boy. And, uh, yeah, looks likely That's that he work. might. Uh, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Okay. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I haven't really seen a lot of him play. Um, I've only seen about 30 seconds of highlights, and that's about it. Um, mm. So I really can't comment too much on his game, just because I just haven't seen enough of him play. Yeah, yeah no, so. yep. I would love to see more of him. Um, there's obviously uh, clubs interested, because he was invited to the state combine, so there's at least three clubs interested in him. Um, <clears throat> you know, we're pretty light on in terms of ruck stock, so maybe he might be half a chance. There you go. Um, yeah. Now, there was one other name that I haven't checked into, but there's a Jonathan Frampton from South Fremantle who is Ruckman Hyatt, and I'm just wondering if he's a younger brother of Billy Frampton. He is the younger brother of Billy Frampton. <laughs> ah, he was someone that, uh, that I, I sort of had listed in and then out again, and look, he's someone that I just haven't seen much of either, yeah. so I can't really comment too much on his game. Uh, he's 199 centimetres and uh, did a bit of rucking for WA at the championships uh, this year. So, look, maybe, you know, we do like picking brothers of um, yeah. and have done quite a bit over the years. So, look, maybe he might be another one. Well, I mean, especially as we've just given Frampton Senior an ex- a, a contract extension. Why not? 
Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's a lot more raw than what uh, Billy was at the same age. Uh, mm. I think he's got a bit of a bigger leap than what Billy does and might be a bit quicker as well. Uh, but I think in terms of football terms, I think he's a fair way off what Billy was doing at the same age. Oh, okay. Well, then don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> Mate, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, look, if he's going to go, I would say it's highly doubtful that he would get drafted. Fair. At this point. Fair. Okay. Um, right. So, Andre has asked a question um, on Big Footy, and that was, if we draw these... As we draw these previews to an end, are there any players whose draft position you'd change after discussion with the other host? Oh, there'd be heaps because I, I I'm not like I'm not like Macker. I didn't do a, a full draft list three months ago. I, I'm, I'm still compiling mine, so I think I've already made the changes in, in my head. <laughs> um, I've made the changes in my head after talking with Macker on these. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, because all right, on Big Footy, I, I was certainly known as a person that did not change their mind quickly. And that's why I don't make up my mind on this until reasonably late in the piece. So, mm. yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, it's still being formulated. I haven't done my order yet, which will be happening this weekend in preparation for the Phantom Draft podcasts. Yep. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's great to have that external input from someone you respect. And I respect you, Macca. So there oh, you go. Good. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, I'd like to say... Uh... <laughs> Well, I definitely respect you as well, uh, just to continue on this. And, uh, well, I guess the main play that I've re-evaluated after the podcast was Mitch Croden. Uh, okay. Mitch Croden. He, was, he was the number one that I sort of went back because um, I was very surprised that you were super, super keen on him wow. as a yep. sub-180 player. And uh, that made me go back and watch uh, some more vision of him and, and try and find out some more information on him because uh, you had him rated a lot more highly than what uh, I had. And... Uh, yeah, I think I changed. Yeah, I I kind of agreed with what you had to say, and uh, and have bumped him up a little bit in my rankings as well. I just really appreciate his his team focus. Like you can see that he's a player that lifts when he can see that. Okay, I've got to get that ball because then I can get it to that guy. And if I don't do it, it won't happen. You know, like he's got that aspect to his game that's super important for any AFL player, but really good for midfielder and especially for a midfielder that is sort of on the edge of maybe being drafted and maybe not. Yeah. That is fair. Um, Schultz and Fest also asked a question, and that uh, that was it's time for the annual help Schultz and Fest with his uh, Super Coach Keeper <laughs> League drafting post. Okay, and he's got uh, two questions here. He's got pick number one, lucky him, and he's mm. asked uh, Rainer, Luke Davies, Uniac, or Dow. And his second question is: I've also got pick four. So assuming Rainer, LDU, and Dow are gone, who would be next on your list? I was leaning towards uh, Chera, but you two don't seem that keen on him. For me, this is a, a, a draft review question um, because the club that a player ends up at hugely changes their potential to play, um, mm. in my view. I know that the top four maybe not quite as much, but still even then. Um, uh, um, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess Brisbane, Frio and Carlton have all got, you know, form for playing players straight away and Carlton have form for what making Gibbs part of the leadership group in the year he has drafted. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, you know, I guess that they'll all get a fairly good shot. So, Cam Rayner, I would say, is he's going to play games. The question is going to be how much he can impact on them and where he's played on the ground. So, if he gets played as a forward for any of those three clubs, like he might statistically not do heaps because they might not be scoring much. Um, yeah. So, if he's played as a forward at the start of his career, which you'd have to say is a reasonable expectation he will be, he might not be a good bet. Um, Oh, I don't know. I guess you'd probably go with someone like Dow. I'd probably lean to more towards Dow. I think that as far as all the stats go, I think he'll probably have more chance um, than some. Mm. Don't know. Don't know. It's an interesting one. I've I've got a few points here. Um, he also said bonus points on both questions for players who are classified as eligible for uh, a position other than midfield, uh, oh. which. Certainly leads uh, Cam Rayner into the uh, into the uh, discussion because he would likely be listed as a forward mid, you would think, because uh, he's played a lot um, at both. Um, but look, I think the best super coach player out of this draft will be Andrew Brayshaw. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. I, I think he's going to, especially for a keeper league, I think he's going to be good value early on. Oh, is it a keeper league? Okay. It's a keeper league, yeah. So it's right. not just okay. not just, uh, not just this year, it's uh, into the future as well. And look, I think he's someone that's going to play um, most games next year, I would think. Um, and I think uh, he's going to be a very consistent high scorer for years to come as well because he's pretty well the safest kick in the draft. Uh, he had the highest kick efficiency of anybody in this year's draft pool, I believe. Um, look, Rayner and LDU, I think, are, are going to be up there as well as they can certainly hit the scoreboard more. Um, but with, I think, queries over Rayner's endurance and, and maybe midfield potential at AFL level, I think there's a chance that he doesn't go beyond the forward line for a few years. And I think uh, LDU would be a pretty safe, uh, a pretty safe choice at pick one as well because I think he's going to play straight away. He's got the body to do it. I would expect him to play pretty close to 20 games next year and uh, and improve each year from there. Um, but look, I, I still like Andrew Brayshaw. And, um, you know, super coach is all about efficiency and, you know, all the good things you do. So, you know, safest kick in the draft, I'd, I'd certainly be looking at him, especially because he's a, a high possession winner as well. Um, For a keeper, I'd probably be looking at Hunter Clark as well because um, yeah. I reckon that he will be a consistent producer from season to season, uh, yeah. for sure. So. If you're trying to fill up that list, um, I think he'll. I think he should get a game. I think he should play this year, um, depending on where he ends up, because he's not necessarily rated as going quite as high. So he might be behind other players, at the, depending on what club he ends up at, um, and that might keep him out, you know, for half a season. Um, yeah. But for ongoing from there, I think he'd be a pretty good pick. So maybe he might be more the pick number four than the pick number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with Brayshaw, it might be the chance, Schultzy, that uh, you do actually have to pick him at pick number one because there is a chance he may not be there at your pick four. Um, there is a big rumour going around at the moment that uh, Brayshaw might be on his way to Brisbane at pick one. Okay. Um, so that uh, that would be a bit of a surprise. Um, but it's also a fair it's pick. Worth it. And uh, yeah, definitely worth it. So look, if that's the case and you don't pick him, I would say someone who is a second or third would likely pick him if he does go pick one. It, look, it really depends on the quality of his opponents as well because it's just as likely that they'll go, oh, yeah, Uniaki, Dow, uh, Clark, which, okay, they're all good picks. Because uh, yeah. Brayshaw is a late riser, and I think that that probably will always make people a bit more suspicious about drafting them early in a fantasy league anyway. Yeah. If he does sort of go that pick four, five, six uh, sort of mark, then I reckon you could definitely get a bit of a, a bargain there, Schultzy. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, if you're wanting a dual position player, then I reckon Jack Higgins would be a smart pick as well. And look, I'd almost even pick him at pick number one too, to be honest. Is he, look, is he going to be named dual position though? Oh, you would think so. Yeah. I would, I, I, would reckon, I would assume he would be listed as a forward mid. Because I reckon Brayshaw might be listed as a forward mid. I think that's part of why I'd be looking at it. I think there's a reasonable chance of that. Potentially, but he doesn't hit the scoreboard enough, I don't reckon. Mm, maybe not. Uh, yeah. Whereas Higgins, you know, he kicked 30-odd goals. He... Yeah, you know, kicked what, ten goals for Vic Metro as well as picked up thirty touches a game. Like he's uh, he's the highest scoring junior in Supercoach points of all time at uh, TAC Cup level. So um, there's that. <laughs> and look, he's someone that's that's done that um, at every level he's played at. You know, he was the best player in the under 16s. He was a wonderful player this year, All Australian Vic Metro MVP. Um, and I can certainly see him rising to AFL level and becoming a, a very, very good AFL footballer who picks up, again, a lot of the ball and, and kicks a lot of goals. Um, just while, I don't know, it's not strictly the, the question that was asked, but if you're looking for a dual position player uh, later in the draft, um, Sam Hayes has to be right up there as blue chip because he'll definitely be in two positions. Um, he In his first season, he might play more forward. Uh, and yeah. if he goes to a shit club, he will play games and he'll probably play all season. Um, yep. So I think that he'd be a real, real good pickup uh, in later rounds. Yep, I agree with that. Connor Ballenden might be another one. Uh, he might be Maybe. listed as a defender forward or a defender ruck. Um, so that might be handy as well. Mm-hmm. I think I think Hayes is a bit more of a sure thing than Ballenden to play in the first year anyway. Again, depending oh, on where reckon? he goes. Well, Ballenden, Ballenden will definitely go to Brisbane. Um, yeah, I suppose. And they they yeah. need tolls because they just... The list of a whole bunch of them. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, okay. I reckon he'll play pretty early too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess it depends how many picks you got, Schultzy, um, and how mm. deep your, your draft goes, I guess. Um, yeah. I certainly wouldn't pick uh, Ballandine in the first, uh, with either pick one or four, but uh, if you've got sort of three or four picks, he might be a smart choice, uh, especially if he is dual position. Um, and look, 
you know, ruck defenders are pretty rare <laughs> in Supercoach. There's not too many of them around. Uh, so that might be a bit handy as well. Yeah, and uh, as far as the draft day, I mean, I reckon that if St Kilda go for classy players at 7 and 8 or 7 or 8, I reckon that's a player you should have a good close look at. Yep. Yes. Now, because we didn't have too many players in this uh, in this podcast to talk about, um, we've come up with, or Porsche's come up with, uh, with some uh, categories to discuss, some top fives. And uh, what's the first one? Uh, the first one is Game Changers. So game changers. I've got my top five. Uh, right. I'll, you want to do mine first or yours first? Let's do yours first. Mine first? Okay. Yeah. Number, number one, Cam, uh, Cam Rayner. I think he's, he's just the, the biggest match winner, potential match winner, X-Factor, anything you want to talk about in this year's draft. He's, he's the type of guy that uh, you want the ball uh, in his hands if, uh, if the match is on the line, I reckon. Uh, number two is Hunter Clark for me. Okay. Yep. I reckon he's got uh, huge X-Factor potential at A4 level. Uh, number three is Paddy Dow. Uh, number yep. four, Brian Myers. Um, okay. Which uh, which is a bit of a bolter, I reckon. And number That's five, a good one. yeah, number five, Jaden Stevenson. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with any of those too much. Um, I went a bit different. I went with uh, Cam Rainer number one, obviously. Um, Andrew Brayshaw, who we just talked about quite a bit. I reckon yep. he's just got that great attacking instinct that I absolutely love. It's the best in this year, in my opinion. Uh, I had Lockie O'Brien because of his penetrating kick and the fact he usually hits targets, like as a game changer. That's hugely important. Yep, um, I didn't miss. Paddy down. Okay, Paddy Dow, and I had Noah Bolter as my fifth. Um, oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, because he's, he's he's not in the forward half, which you sort of expect a couple of these to be, but he's definitely got the good long kick he can run, and he, when he kicks it, it usually, every time I see it, it goes to the target's advantage, which is hugely important. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Bolter. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Bit different. Next, uh, yeah, well, good to see a little bit of variation there. It is. Uh, I, do, I do like that you named Myers because there is an outside chance we might better draft him, so that's nice. Mm. Um, next category was Steady Hands, which is meant to be sort of the you know your engine room kind of guys, the guys that uh, every week they just consistently contribute. Um, I'll do my first if this time. Okay. Uh, I had Jack Higgins from Oakley Chargers, small mid yep. and uh, forward. Yeah, I reckon he's just super steady, super uh, consistent. I had Hunter Clark in this category from Dandenong Stingrays. Okay. Um, Aaron Norton. Aaron yep. Norton, because we reckon he's going to play straight away. Sam Hayes, who I just talked about, uh, Ruckman Ford. And fifth one was Harrison Petty for Nord, uh, who okay. I rate personally as very highly as a backman. Fair enough. Fair enough. My number one is Nick Caulfield. I reckon, okay. Uh, I reckon well, I don't a, know about that. He's a smooth mover. I reckon he's uh, someone that uh, you can trust when you're in a bit of trouble and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, my number two is Harrison Petty. Okay. Um, so similar there. Number three, Jack Higgins. I've got yep. uh, number four is Andrew Brayshaw. Okay, yeah. And number five, bit of a surprise, Will Walker. Okay, wow. That's come up. Cool. <laughs> All right. Next category was Dollar Bin, and you can go first. Okay. Dollar Bin was uh, the best bargain for where they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, my number one is going to be Jack Higgins, because there's okay. a chance he might fall out the top ten, and I reckon I that's absolutely that. ludicrous. And... Uh, Someone's going to get an absolute steal there. I reckon he's close to a sure thing at AFL level. He just He's so committed. Um, he's done it at every level he's played at. I've got no real reason to see why he's not going to play a lot of AFL footy at a pretty high level. Uh, so he's my number one. Like, if he falls out the top ten... Fucking yeah, ridiculous. I don't what think you, you will. Doing? What's going on? I don't, like, come I on. don't think you will. <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah, that, that would be strange. Uh, number two, Sam Taylor. Uh, okay, down yeah. back, I reckon if he is available at our, one of our picks, that's uh, that would be a huge bargain. Uh, number three, James Warple, uh, who yep. I rate pretty highly. I just don't see... I can see why clubs might be put off a little bit from him, but I feel like it's one of those group think type situations where okay. someone's come up with something and it's like, yeah, it's a little bit on the nose, but I feel like he's going to be a player that... Uh, you know, recruiters are going to look back on in seven or eight years' time and go, yeah, we, we maybe mucked that one up. Uh, number four, Will Walker. I reckon if he goes, again, sort of third, fourth round, I reckon he's going to be great value for someone. And number five is Lachlan Fogarty because I reckon he's got wonderful foot skills. There's a rumour that he might slip on draft night. Um, and if he does, I reckon someone's going to pick up a bit of a bargain there. I reckon he will slip. 
Um, for me, I had number one as James Warple, uh, who you just discussed. Uh, yeah. Every time I, every time you see him, like because I've rewatched these games so many times now, and every time you see him do stuff, I go, oh, that's just that little bit of that little bit of class. Like he's got that little, I don't know, Roger James esque little touch of class with his ball handling and positioning and everything. I, I just love him. I absolutely love James Warple. Yeah. Um, and he's going to definitely go too late. Um, I put down Toby Wooler because I kind of feel like he might slide on the draft day, and I think that he probably doesn't deserve to. Um, he's not being talked about as super early, but I think he's being talked about as second round. I think he might go late second. I think that might be a bit too late. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan Giro from Nord, who I think, you know, we've talked about he might even you know, end up really, really late, and he certainly might end up at Port Adelaide, but I think he's just been super workmanlike, and he'd have to be a chance. Yep. Um, Jake Patmore, who we talked about earlier tonight uh, from mm-hmm. WA, um, just because he's really got a lot going for him in my view but he just doesn't seem to have caught the group thing uh so as much as some players and the fifth one for me is brendan Stasevich, who we talked about on monday yeah. um i he keeps being talked about as going late and i just can't understand it i really can't um yeah mm. well again he's probably who we were talking about a little bit earlier guelphie um in terms of Aww. he just maybe doesn't win enough of the ball but his uh, his hurt factor when he does get it is very very high um, so maybe clubs are a bit concerned about whether he can uh, turn into that sort of twenty twenty five touch player or not. But uh, yeah, I do like yeah. that one. I reckon uh, I reckon he will be a bargain pick for someone for sure. Yeah. Uh, now the next category is boom or bust, and these are sort of guys that are um, they they could be everything or nothing. <laughs> you know, they've yep. got to be they've got to be right up there. Um, so for mine, I started with Aiden Bonar from Dandenong Stingrays, who okay. sort of came yep. good towards the end of the year. I think that he probably will be more boom, but I think there's also that outside chance he'll do nothing at all. Um, Nathan Kruger from South Adelaide is one I'll put down here, which might be, I don't know, I think he's got a lot of potential upside, but I just do think that downside is very much still there. I think he does have a lot of developing to do still. Yeah. Um, and Nathan Richards from the Giants Academy is another one. Uh, okay. He's a clever ruck. I think, his brain, I think I said his brain is a bit faster than the rest of him. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how sure. muscle... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that it'll be interesting to see how his physical development uh, goes because he's quite agile at present and adding muscle might either uh, hinder or boost his agility. It's hard to know how he's developed. So I think that gives him uh, a lot of upside. And unfortunately, it's one thing that he probably doesn't have a lot of control over. Yeah. Um, ben Miller, just because we don't know what he's going to become. That's Ben mm-hmm. Miller, who we talked about on Monday from Subiaco. Yep. Uh, and Liam Ryan, because we had, you know, Liam Ryan, he could be everything or he could just be a marking small that can't quite cut it at AFL level. Also yep. from Subiaco, so uh, there's mine. Yeah, Liam Ryan just missed out on my list for this one. Um, yep. My number one is Jack Petricelli, because uh, mm. I feel like the good things he does are incredible, but he only does one or two good things a game, uh, and he just doesn't get enough of the footy. Can he learn to get more of the football? Can he learn to do those things more often? That's going to be the big question mark over Jack Petricelli. Athletically, he's there. Um, his football side just needs to catch up a bit. Uh, number two, Aidan Bonner. Um, I agree with you. I think uh, he could be massive boom or massive bust. Uh, hopefully, it's not because of a busted ACL again for him. Uh, mm. Number three, Darcy Fogarty. I okay. reckon just because I, I just not 100% sure where he plays at AFL level and uh, whether he's just been a man-child over the last couple of years or not. Um, and there were certainly some concerning signs uh, earlier this year before he got injured. Number four, Ben Miller. Look, he could be another David Gordis. Uh, I'm sure there's another three or four tolls that I could think of names, if I could think properly at the moment, uh, who were similar to David Gordis, where just athletically he looked absolutely the part and then just went and... Did absolutely nothing at all. Uh, he could fall in that category. And number five for me is Patrick Nash. Ah, yes. Good call. He's. I've had noticed in the last few days, he just seems to be sort of... like No one's talking about him. No one's talking about him. And I don't know why that is. You, you read all the articles and they're all about, oh, Stevenson, da-da-da-da, and Nash. Just, I don't know whether it's part of a, a Richmond-friendly media campaign to sort of keep him out of the minds of people. Uh, I don't know. So that he goes later. Well, it might just be that everyone knows he's going to... Like Richmond will match, so he oh, just doesn't get talked about. But yeah, for me, but... I don't know. I think he just needs to win his own ball a bit more. Uh, mm. It can be a player that I think could be absolutely huge on a wing, or he could, you know, play twenty games and not make it, sort of thing. Yeah, well, you'd have to think that going into that Richmond side right now, like that he'd probably get. I mean, he'll get a fair shot. Yeah, yep. 
Yep. And it'll just be a matter of whether he's good at when Richmond had a shit again. Mm, that's it. Right, next category right. was uh, yep. longest AFL career. Yeah, this is a good one. You can go first on these. Okay. Number one, I've got Luke Davies, Uniac. Uh, okay. I just feel like he's a lot to play 250-plus AFL games. Uh, he's got the size. He's going to play you know, decent level. As I said before, I relate him to someone like a Bryce Gibbs in that I feel like he's going to be near elite without sort of pushing into the elite. Uh, but he's going to be someone that plays a hell of a lot of football, um, especially early on, which will uh, give him a good kickstart in this category. Uh, number two, Andrew Brayshaw. Uh, number three, I've got Jack Higgins. Number four, I've got Aaron Norton, who I think will play straight away and uh, play a lot of games. And number five, Nick Caulfield as well, who's uh, pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I guess any one of those I probably disagree with is the first one. Because uh, doing my list, I'll tell you why. It's basically because... I figure that the players that look like they might be the number one midfielder at their club, they're going to get thoroughly ground their whole career, and that automatically knocks a few games off the top. Mm. Um, so I've sort of been going for these sort of secondary guys and um, Lucy Backman. <laughs> so okay. I've gone with uh, <laughs> I've gone with I've gone with Jack Higgins as my number one because I think that he he's not going to be your, he's not going to be your number one target in midfield. I don't think, um, uh, but I think that he'll do enough that he'll get you know play forever. And I think that he looks—he's a pretty nuggety little fella, so I think he'll be fine. Yep. Um, Matthew Ling, because I think he has the wow. ability to. Yeah. Well, Matthew Ling, because I really, really rate him, but also he has that ability to adjust the role he plays as he ages. Okay. <laughs> so I think that I think that you know, right now he'll probably start outside. And he'll probably become a bit more inside when he's in his prime, and then he can sort of drift back outside again. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any. I don't think he's super dependent on pace or anything like that. Um, in a way that could sort of be lost over career. Um, I had my next one, Harrison Petty, just because he looks like he's going to play forever. Um, yep. Sam Taylor, <laughs> who I think uh, he's got that he's got that real rangy defender build, which sort of says he could be playing Dustin Fletcher length of time. Um, and Charlie Constable, because I, I kind of feel like he's not real big on contact, uh, and he's going to be playing third tall, so I think that he'll be fine. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I almost had yeah. Charlie Constable in my boom or bust. Okay, yeah, well, he probably is a bit in that too, but... Uh... Yeah, I, 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 yeah. For me, I sort of feel like he should make it, and if he does, he'll probably play forever. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and the last category was most likely to be drafted by Port Adelaide, which mm. is the one that everyone wants to know about. Um, yes. I've gone specifically for not mature players because I don't know <laughs> that's boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first one I had down because I've seen a bit more of him now. Ed Richards from Oakley Chargers. Okay. Um, because he's got that football pedigree, which Port Adelaide seems to quite like, and he plays a fair bit like a when he's counter-attacking, he plays I reckon a bit like Pittard when he's good. Um, and I think that that's the sort of player that yeah, if you're gonna if you are gonna pick up a halfback type for Port Adelaide, that might be the sort you go for, particularly with Pittard. You know, yeah, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? not do it? Um, second was Mitch Crowden. I reckon he's a real chance. I really do. Uh, Mitch yep. Crowden from Sturt. Um, Jack, pa- Jack Patmore, who we talked about earlier, I reckon he's a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I put him there? <laughs> uh, Adam Sambono was the fourth one. Um, okay. I reckon he's got... He's, he's played mature uh, in the for WA in the under-18s championship, but I think he's got just enough that he's the sort of guy that we might say, yeah, he sort of fits a need for us, um, and he should be okay to go day one. And Brian Myers, if he does drop as far as us, I mean, I really want him. I really want him at Port now. The more I watch, the more I think about where he'd fit into our side. Brian Myers is the guy mm. I want. Well, I think um, you're going to be disappointed there. I reckon he's. Going I reckon to be I am. Ball. I reckon so too. But if he's not, then we've got to snap him up because he okay. will fit in straight away. I reckon. Fair enough. I've got. Uh, I've got number one. I'm going to go with the group think on Big Footy and go Jackson Ross. Um, Hi. Well, there's talk that we've spoken to him quite a few times. Um, that seems to be growing a, a lot of steam. So I would be, uh, yeah, I would not be surprised if we pick him. Number two, I've gone Liam Ryan because um, I reckon he's the type of player that we need. And uh, look, any sort of X factor like that, just bring it on. Number three, I've got Jordan Butts um, as that sort of defensive slash forward cover. I like um, Butts, and I like Butts. To, uh, to play with Dixon up forward uh, or down back. And uh, as Shulson Fest said on Big Footy, which I really liked, um, if we do pick Butts and he does become a key defender, we might be the first anatomically correct AFL team. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> which I thought was uh, quite good. And uh, number four, Don Barry. 
again, as a bit of an impy replacement running down the wing, a bit of X Factor as well. And number five, I've got Zach Bailey. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, there was one in very short category, which I made up afterwards, which was best names. Aaron Redhead, being a redhead ruckman, was really good. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, Grian Myers, just because it's so appalling. It is a shocker. Grian. I've never Grian. heard of that. I've never, ever heard anybody with that name, and I doubt we will ever hear anybody with that name ever again. Are we going to call him Graham or Brian? He's probably been named after <laughs> both his grandfathers or something. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Grian. Oh, dear. Uh, lovely. I like that. Well done. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, that's it. I think... Uh, what have I got? I've got around about 102 names that we've mentioned in these pre-draft podcasts. So uh, hopefully uh, we've done it justice and uh, we can go into the next week uh, with our listeners um, being a little bit more educated on who we might get, the sort of players that uh, that might be around our pick and uh, the type of players that they are too. Yep, and now here's a, here's a scary thought for people that have listened through all of these draft preview podcasts. Um, maybe the reason Port were happy to take late picks into this draft is because we want to draft players that no one's hardly ever heard of. So we, we might not have even discussed them. Oh, look, there's a, there's a couple. <laughs> there There is a couple that I know that Mitch uh, Mish rates, rates pretty highly and yep. uh, that we haven't spoken, haven't even mentioned their names. There you go. Uh, yep. So that, that concerns yep. me. This this might be another, what was it, 2014, where we picked up yeah. Jesse Palmer and Logan Austin and Dougal Howard. And Frampton. Yeah. No one had ever bloody heard of before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Yep. So yeah, this, this could be, uh, could quite possibly have all been for nothing. But uh, yeah, I guess absolutely. we'll wait and see. <laughs> I guess we will. But yeah, just just keep that in mind. We might you, Everyone you might have heard about, we will not get. It's entirely feasible. It is. It is very much so. <laughs> and uh, yeah, look, I'll laugh if we pick up all sub one eighty players as well. Oh well, you should be happy. It. You should be very happy because you seem to rate there's all of them. So there's a few. There's a few. I think even my most likely to be drafted by Port, I named what four. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, it. Dear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll be back uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday for the uh, for the Phantom Draft, and uh, Mish will be joining us for sure. Yeah, um, he's got his Skype working. He sent me a message on Skype while we've been doing this podcast. So uh, great to see his Skype is working. Uh, so hopefully Good. we won't have any issues there. And uh, obviously this Friday is uh, is Draft Day, and um, Not this Friday, next Friday. Oh, yes, next Friday. That's what I mean. Next Friday. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah, yeah. tune in this Friday. You'll be very, very disappointed. Uh, yep. Next Friday, the 24th, we'll be, uh, we'll be doing it live once again, like last oh, year. Oh, yeah. It's going to be and, good. Uh, not sure what time we'll start yet, but um, I'm not even sure what time the actual draft starts at this point. Yeah, I haven't looked that up yet. Yeah, yeah, I've tried to find it online, but I haven't had any luck yet, so I don't know what time it starts. I don't know um, if I'm going to drink this time, because last time I had to think a whole lot of stuff before the draft, and it really <laughs> spoiled it. <laughs> Oh, look, I've got lots of spreadsheets and notes, so I'm going to hope that that uh, keeps me in good stead whilst I uh, piss on. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. And uh, then obviously we'll do the the, uh, the draft reviews uh, the week after that as well, and that'll be it for the season. And flippantastic. Why not? Yeah, there we go. Until next time, come ah, the pair. the power. Though by Broadbent through the middle of the ground. Now a long kick down in the Paul Stewart direction. He marks and plays on. He keeps his footing. Got away from Ferrito to Paul.